بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين وخاتم النبيين وعلى آله الطيبين الطاهرين ومن تبعهم بإحسان ودعا بدعوتهم وسن بسنتهم إلى يوم الدين وبعد فقد قال الله سبحانه وتعالى في محكم تنزيله بعد أن أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ومن يعظم شعائر الله فإنها من تقوى القلوب وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الحياء شعبة من الإيمان وكما قال صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وسلم صدق الله مولانا العظيم وصدق رسوله النبي الكريم ونحن على ذلك من الشاهدين وشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين My dear respected brothers and elders respected sisters and youngsters in Islam Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has honored us with the wealth of Islam, with the wealth of Iman, and this is the greatest blessing we are enjoying from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we can never ever thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for all His favors upon us. And amongst the beautiful attributes of our deen and the qualities that we develop as Muslims and that are part of our tradition, part of our legacy that are very quickly leaving the Ummah and we are losing out on these qualities and traits based on the current environment and society and culture are the qualities, two qualities the scholars have pointed out and have laid great emphasis upon us to revive them, to strengthen them, to maintain our deen. One is adab, and the second is haya. Adab, having genuine respect for Allah, starting with Allah Himself, Subhanahu wa Taala, taqaddasat asmauhu wa sifatuhu, how glorified be He with His beautiful names and attributes. Respect for Allah, respect for Rasulullah, sallallahu alaihi Respect for the book of Allah, the sha'air of Allah, the signs of Allah, the deen of Allah. And respect for our elders. Respect for the house of Allah, respect for the book of Allah. Respect for anything that is attributed to Allah. Disrespect of those that deserve respect. Respect of the teacher, respect of sources of knowledge, place of knowledge, books of knowledge, pen from which we acquire knowledge. He taught us through the pen. Institutes of learning in general. This is an adab which is part of our deen, part of our culture, part of our tradition, and our legacy, which is vanishing from the ummah. And the second attribute which is very quickly leaving us is haya. Haya is modesty, haya is Whenever added to anything, illa zanahu, Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said it adds beauty to whatever it is an adornment, wherever it is found. Modesty, not only that you are embarrassed what people are going to say, what people are going to think, but rather, most importantly, a person is embarrassed in front of Allah subhanahu wa taala, as haya has been defined, maulaka la yaraka, haythunahaka. That you are afraid that your Allah should not see you 
in such a condition that you are disobeying him. Not that people shouldn't see you in such a condition, you're going against what the norms of society are, what the dictates of society, what people are going to say, but rather you're embarrassed in front of Allah, that Allah who is Samia and Basir, the all-hearing, the all-seeing, He should not see me in such a condition that I'm disobeying Him. Obviously, there is no condition you can be that Allah is not watching over you, Allah is not seeing you, Allah is not looking at what you're doing. Inna rabbaka labil mirsad. Verily, your Lord is very closely watching you. Alam ya alam bi yara. Do you not know that He is ever watchful? He is completely observant at, at all times what is going on. So, therefore, this haya in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this modesty a person feels with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, will prevent a person from disobeying Allah at all times if it is to its fullest quality. And beyond having haya in front of Allah, second level is haya with respect to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That how will I face Habibul Mustafa وسلم, the beloved of Allah, the chosen one of Allah, the master of all the creation, the Sayyidul Awaleen wal Akhirin, the leader of those who came before and those who will come after, Afdalul Khalqi Ajma'in, the best of the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Sayyidul Rusul, the leader of all the prophets, Sayyidul Adam, the leader of all of the creation, our master, our benefactor, our greatest Muhsin, who we are indebted to him for all of his favors upon us. Through him we recognize who our creator was, and through him we learned our deen. Upon him Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent the revelation. How will I face him on the day of judgment? How will I be able to show my face to him on the day of Qiyamah, when he will be by the hawd, the pool of, Jan- of, of the water of Jannah on the day of judgment? Some people, when he will see them, he will embrace them, he will hug them, he will be excited to see them, he will welcome them and give them a drink, such a drink, the one who drinks from it will never know what thirst is ever again in their life. On the other hand, some people, may Allah protect us from being amongst them, he will say, suhqan, suhqan, go away from me, go away from me, turn away from me, I cannot see your face, as you have abandoned my ways after me. So fear of that, fear of that meeting, facing face to face with Rasulullah meeting face to face with Rasulullah that is a form of haya. That is modesty. And then that modesty moves on forward to with respect to human interactions with each other as well. We do not want to be in a compromising situation. We do not want to be in a revealing situation where we expose ourselves that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded us to hide. We do not expose that in front of others. We dress modestly, we act modestly, we have haya in our interactions with others. These are the qualities which are very, very rapidly vanishing from the entire ummah on a global scale, both adab and haya. And they are very closely linked with each other. With respect to adab, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَنْ يُعَظِّمْ شَعَائِلَ اللَّهِ فَإِنَّهَا مِنْ تَقْوَى الْقُلُوبِ That whosoever shows the respect for the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and genuinely has respect in his heart, shows venerance and 
for the sha'ir of Allah, for the signs of Allah, فَإِنَّهَا مِنْ تَقْوَى الْقُلُوبِ This is a sign that they have taqwa and fear of Allah in their heart. This is not something which we can just give a lecture on and it, it will be created within the hearts. But rather this is something that is gained through suhbah, through companionship. A person soaks this in, he learns through osmosis. When he sees practice of adab, then he will learn adab. The adab of how to enter the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The adab of how to treat elders. The respect that is shown to those whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has granted knowledge or granted seniority. These are the etiquettes that we have to learn. We have to practice and we have to teach our children so that they can also be on the right track and be saved from being led astray and being deprived. It is not something only commendable, it is not only something rewarding and great to have adab. But at the same time, we have to realize that lack of adab, lack of respect will lead to a person being deprived. A person will be, can become mahroom, thrown out from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala due to showing disrespect. Disrespect is such a crime. Disrespect of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam for example is such a major crime that it, will, it can lead to the severest penalty possible. What is the most severe penalty that is humanly possible for us to fathom and imagine? This is known as Habtul A'mal. Habtul A'mal means that all of one's good deeds that he has accomplished in his entire life, all the good deeds that a person has amassed, from the, his childhood, every salah a person performed, every dhikr a person may have done, every dollar and cent that he gave in charity, if he, gave, if he went for hajj, then his hajj, all the nawafil, every single good deed that a person has done can be cancelled out, can be made zero, made null and void, rejected due to disrespect. If you are surprised and you're saying, how can you make such a bold statement like that? On which authority can you make such a bold claim? This is part of the problem that when we talk about adab and etiquettes, having respect, Many of our youngers who are here with us because it is the summer, you're off from school. We have this attitude that this is what the old people talk about. This is not necessarily part of the deen. These are just traditions of the East. Everything's okay. This is something that is proven from the Quran itself. Showing respect of Rasulullah not only the command of showing respect, but the severe penalty of showing disrespect. Surah Al-Hujarat. Pick it up and check it out. What does Allah Ta'ala say in Surah Al-Hujarat? Ya ayuhal ladheena amanu la tuqaddimu bayna yatayillahi wa rasoolihi O those who believe, do not speak in front of Allah and His Rasool. Do not speak louder than and try to drown out the voice of Allah and His Rasool. Obviously, it is not possible to speak before Allah. It is not possible to speak louder than Allah. It is not possible to interject in the word of Allah and disturb the word of Allah so he cannot get his message across. That's not even possible. As Rasulullah is a human being, the best of the human beings, yet he is a human being. 
It may be physically possible to do that with respect to Rasulullah Sallallahu But Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala put His name there along with His Rasul just to show that I am on His side. And whoever is violating the respect of Rasulullah Sallallahu he is disrespecting me because he is my messenger. Ya amanu, or those who believe, la tuqaddimu, do not speak in front of, do not speak louder than Allah and His Rasul. Wattaqullah, fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These ayat reveal regarding the Bedouins who came to Masjid al-Nabawi. And even though they had sincere desire to learn, because they did not have the proper etiquette, they did not have the education of, of politeness and how to approach. When Rasulullah who was always round the clock in the service of the Ummah, taking care of their needs, taking care of their spiritual needs, educational needs, emotional needs, even financial needs. He as a human being had some physical needs of his own. And just to fulfill that, he did not only have one family, he had multiple families to take care of. He just went into his home for a moment. And that is when these Bedouins entered into the Masjid the Nabawi. And they knocked loudly on the door of Rasulullah which is right next to the Masjid. And they said, Ya Muhammad, ukhruj ilayna. Oh Muhammad, come out and solve our problem. Take care of us. This is when these ayats were revealed. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Wattaqullah, fear Allah, inna Allah sami'an alim. He hears your action, your, what you are saying, and he sees your actions. Ya amanu, O those who believe, Do not raise your voices over the voice of Nabi sallallahu bilqawl. Do not call out unto him loudly. Like you call out unto each other. And this is the ayah I was referring to earlier with regards to the severest possible punishment. Allah Ta'ala says, An All of your good deeds will be wiped out. Subhanallah. If you disrespect Rasulullah, all your good deeds will be wiped out. Zero. وَأَنْتُمْ لَا تَشْعُرُونَ And you won't even know, you won't have shu'ur, you won't even realize, you will not even perceive the extent of your loss, how severe loss that will be. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يَغُضُّونَ أَصْوَاتَهُمْ Those who lower their voices in the presence of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi They are those whom Allah has tested their hearts and they have true fear of Allah. لَهُمْ مَغْفِرَةٌ وَأَجْرٌ عَظِيمٌ They have forgiveness from Allah and a great reward. Whereas on the other hand, in الَّذِينَ يُنَادُونَكَ مِنْ وَرَاءِ الْحُدْرَاتِ Those who call out unto you loudly from outside, أَكْثَرُهُمْ لَا يَعْقِلُونَ They have no understanding, no aql. وَلَوْ أَنَّهُمْ صَبَرُوا If they were patient, حَتَّى تَخْرُجَ إِلَيْهِمْ Until you came out when you are ready on your own accord, and you have fulfilled your needs and you come out, لَكَانَ خَيْرًا لَهُمْ It would be better for them. وَاللَّهُ غَفُورٌ رَحِيمٌ and Allah is the forgiving and the merciful. So we have to show adab to Allah. We have to show adab to Rasulullah. We have to show adab to the book of Allah. Ta'zeemu sha'airillah is a sign of the taqwa of the hearts. If we do not have this ta'zeem, we do not have this reverence in our hearts, and we do not just say, oh, it's hidden in the heart. 
It's in my heart. It has to manifest itself with outward actions. There are examples of those who showed irreverence and they fell from the height of spiritual closeness to Allah, from knowledge that they had was taken away from them. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala threw them far away, flung them away from Him. And the opposite is true as well. There are many examples of pious salaf that became great awliya of Allah, beautiful friends of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, became sources of guidance for multitudes, became great scholars, ahlul qulu, people who had hearts, where the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala manifested His greatness in their hearts, and became beloved, beloved awliya of Allah, servants of Allah, friends of Allah. And you go back in their history, and you will see, that they used to be sinners. They were, some of them were flagrant violators of the orders of Allah. Some of them were drunkards. Some of them were highway robbers. There are many stories. There's whole books in which these stories have been collected. Fudayl ibn Ayyad, Abdullah ibn Mubarak, Junaid Baghdadi, many of these scholars. Bishr Hafi. All of them you find that what was the turning point in their life? How did they end up leaving their life of sin and becoming so close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? It all started from when they showed respect for the deen of Allah. There is an example of one drunkard who in a drunken stupor, he's returning back home, stumbling on the street in the dead of the night. But then he finds something lying on the ground, a piece of paper. And he looks at it closely and he finds that the name of Allah is written on it. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. That's it. When is the last time he prayed? Allah knows. When is the last time he fasted? His ibadat may be zero. His mu'amalat are zero. He is drunk himself. But then he had that respect in his heart. This is the name of Allah lying on the street. He picked it up. He kissed it. He purified it. Took it home. Put it in a nice place. That is, I'm not, by, don't, by no means am I saying that's sufficient, you don't have to pray. But I'm saying this respect that he showed to the word of Allah, the name of Allah, was so beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made that a turning point in his life. Based on that respect he showed to the word of Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed him with the tawfiq to make tawbah from his sins. Repent from his evil ways. And start studying the deen of Allah and he became a great scholar and a wali of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When we go to Makkah al-Mukarramah and we go on the tour of the different sites, if you take the historical tour, even till today they show you the uh, archaeological remains of the canal that was dug by Mbarika Zubaydah, the queen of the Abbasi Khilafah, the wife of Harun al-Rashid. From her own money, she made well, the money that she had as the queen was from the state, from the public, wallahu alam. But it, that was allotted to her and afterwards she could have spent on her own desires. This is a known fact in history that there was a famous canal that she commissioned and she paid for all the laborers and the material for the service and khidma of the hujjaj and the mu'tamireen, those who go for hajj and umrah. A beautiful canal she dug of water for miles from Medina to Mecca and beyond. So those who are going for hajj and umrah, they can have a steady source of water supply. Not just digging one well, but rather a continuous flow of water. A canal of water. 
and the bricks for that and the dried canal is still present till today where we can see that this is where the Nahru Zubaydah it was known as the Nahru Zubaydah the, the river of Zubaydah so somebody after she passed away one of her acquaintances saw her in a dream and said that مَا فَعَلَ اللَّهُ بِكِ يَا زُبَيْدَةِ يَا مَلِكَةِ Oh Queen Zubaydah How did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala treat you after you passed away, after you turned back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? This is the biggest question. This is a common thing you see all the time. Whenever someone passes away and then you see him in a dream, this is the first question they ask. That's the most important question. Just like when someone is having a baby, the big question, is it a boy or a girl? Then they say, oh it's a boy. Or they'll say, oh it's a girl. When someone dies, it's not a matter of it's a boy or a girl. That's not important anymore. Shaqiyun am Sa'id. Is fortunate, nekbakht or badbakht. Or shaqi is the one who is deprived of the mercy of Allah, who is wretched. And Sa'id is the one who is nekbakht, khushbakht, which means he is fortunate. Allah has forgiven that person. That is what counts now. So the person asks, what, how did Allah Ta'ala treat you? How did Allah Ta'ala deal with you after you left? And she said that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala has forgiven me. Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi mentioned in a hadith that the wahi in revelation from Allah has terminated. مَا كَانَ مُحَمَّدٌ أَبَا أَحَدٍ مِنْ رِجَالِكُمْ وَلَكِنْ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ وَخَاتَمًا نَبِيًّ He is the seal of the prophets. But mubashirat, glad tidings from Allah will continue in the form of a ru'ya as-sadiqa, true dreams. Not every dream is from Allah, they could be from shaitan as well. But Rasulullah did affirm that true dreams do exist and will continue in a means of how Allah communicates with His servants. So it does have its value, but to a certain extent in our deen. In the limits of that, the scholars can define for us. So in any case, in this, in this particular story, she said, Allah has forgiven me. And then the person who saw the dream, he asked her that, is it because of your greatest accomplishment that you dug the canal, the Nahar Zubaydah, and all the Hajjaj for years to come, for centuries, they're going to drink from the water? And is that what Allah accepted? So she replied, Allah Ta'ala said, Oh Zubaydah, the water, it belongs to me. The earth, it belongs to me. And the Nahar is known as Nahru Zubaydah, your name. I didn't get any reward for that whatsoever. Zero. Allah says in the Quran, sometimes you will bring mountains of good deeds, then Allah will turn them into dust. Allah forgave me because one day I was sitting with some royal members of the court, some noble woman, on our terrace in the palace in Baghdad. And we were enjoying a beautiful afternoon tea together, relaxing. And then, in the middle of our conversation, these women are chatting, these noble women with the queen. And the adhan started. When the adhan started, even though I was in the middle of a conversation, I told those who are around me, let us be quiet. This adhan is going on. Let us respect the adhan and be quiet for a few moments. And I told everyone to be quiet. And I myself remained quiet and I answered the Mu'adhan. This respect I showed to the name of Allah, to the Adhan, the call of Allah to Salah, 
was so beloved by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgave all the rest of my sins. So adab is what elevates the status of a person and not having that adab is what deprives a person. Your good deeds will be cancelled out. You will not know. We ask and pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants us adab, respect for elders, respect for the book of Allah, the word of Allah, respect for Allah and Rasul, respect for the Sha'ar of deen. And allow us to realize in our youngsters that this is not just bedtime stories that our elders talk about, but this is a genuine part of our deen. This is not just culture and tradition, this is genuinely taught in our deen. And our job here from the pulpit is just to create general awareness regarding this. But at the same time, I can assure you that it is not sufficient just to speak about it. This adab will come into existence when we see people who practice adab. We have to bring it into life. We have to implement it. And we have to teach our youngsters through our own practice. When they will see us having that genuine adab and respect, and then they will be able to inshallah follow their footsteps and hold on to this beautiful tradition of our deen. وآخر دعوانا الحمد لله رب العالمين